Abelskivers. What? How do you say that? Abelskivers. Donuts or something. That's what the donuts called. Abelskivers. Abelskivers. I don't know. I'm not Danish. You, but you go, but you live like two blocks from Solvang. You should know Abelskivers. Do you? Do you not watch California Gold? <laughs> so. Okay, we're down the street from Solvang, and we've been to Copenhagen, but I don't know what the hell an Abelskiver is. Abelskivers. Abelskivers are donuts are from Solvang and from Holland that are sometimes stuffed with apple filling. So, but anyway, Abelskivers, that's what they're called. Okay, sure. In a world where you only have trailers and posters to judge a movie, Jim and Ted strike out to answer the age-old question, will you see it? Good evening, Ted. It is episode 204 of the Trailer Junkies podcast, and uh, hello and beers. How you doing? <laughs> Good. That's in my notes. Hello and beers. Hello and beers. Yeah. Hello and beers. Two hundred four. Not the temperature in Los Angeles, but soon it feels, though. It feels, soon feels like it. Feels like. Yeah. It. As climate change is upon us, we're looking at two hundred four degrees, but not this year. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be hot, man. I mean, you know, we have the in-laws coming up to Lompoc this weekend, getting them out of the valley where. It's going to be like, what, about 115 or something? I think, yeah. So last week and or during this week, last week, if you're listening to this, it got to like 114 in Burbank, oh. you know, like, and we were, yeah, Bryce and I were, were tooling around in Burbank and, you know, the nice thing about the Tesla. Kids the talk. <laughs> You know, it has this little keep feature. So basically, when you leave the car, you just. It has a what feature? It's called keep. Keep. Okay. Keep. K E E P. So you just hit keep. Um, on the on the air conditioning and it just runs the air conditioning the whole time you're you're in shopping or something so if you're just going in if you're going in for a quick little you know 10 15 minute thing you just keep the temperature yeah so it's just yeah it runs the compressor whatever it needs to do right right yeah right, right. and uh yeah so we have uh Clarissa's parents coming up this weekend how hot is it going to be up your way uh, 88 ish yeah 90 ish and we're going to we're, we're leaving from san we're leaving for san francisco in the morning so super early we're leaving like five o'clock tomorrow morning oh man we better get a show on the road i know i know <laughs> um but yeah i think it's going to be like 88 90 degrees in san francisco this weekend as well you know so i told i told my father-in-law he said oh man it's gonna be hot this weekend you know it's gonna be like it's gonna be like upper 80s low 90s <laughs> he's like oh it's gonna be cool you know, I don't think we're like dying over here. We don't have central air, you know, so I just learned that today. I was like, I've I have never been uh, warm in your house. I think I've always been cold in your house. And I just assumed you had central air. Well, we open the windows. We get the house like we wake up in the morning. House is like 64, 65 degrees. Amazing. Foggy yeah. outside, you know, <laughs> and we leave for work. Clarissa leaves after me, so she buttons up the whole house, closes up uh, uh, up the windows, the drapes and everything. Mm -hmm. And then I get home. It'll be like 85 outside. I'll get home. It's like literally 66 in the house. Great. You know, we have the, the Spanish towel roof and everything. And I mean, it yeah. totally keeps the the temperature like spot on cool <laughs> where you want it to be. You know, it's the McDLT of houses. It is. It is. <laughs> the hot stays hot. Hot the cold stays, stays hot. Cold. The cold stays. How do it? No. <laughs> That's all I want to know. How do it? No. So how was your week this? Well, okay, wait, wait hold on. Let's yeah, get okay, beers thanks. going. Right, you right. you we, we disappointed just... me with your stolen beer last week. I know I did. And today I was like, I will not disappoint Jimmy again. I went to Handy Market after a long, okay. a long summer of not going to Handy Market. I took, I went to Handy Market today. Got a little. That is a long summer. I got a little four pack of in, of uh, singles, and there was a gentleman there. He was looking over the IPAs hard, 
hard looking at the IPAs. And he had his little five-year-old next to him. And the five-year-old was just like, Daddy, can we go, please? And he was like looking stuff up. And he was like having a hard time choosing. You know what? You know what my solution is? What's that? Just buy it all. And, and, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Just buy it all. And you're just saving yourself a car trip because you're right. going to go buy it again later. Yeah, exactly. So just instead of buying like one or two, buy like six or eight. It doesn't right. matter. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. So I did I did four um, and okay. and I guess the little boy got to me, too, because I looked at the four right right before the show and I was like, did I just get a lot? I got an Oktoberfest lager. <laughs> we're we're going to we're going to have to hold that till you got to hold you know, till October. Late, well, I think officially isn't late September, really Oktoberfest. OK, maybe, sure. You know, whatever. You know, let, let's let's be technical. You, you, you've been to Oktoberfest. We, I've been to Oktoberfest. So, yeah. You know, it, I think it's like the last couple of weeks in uh, September. OK, but. I think for this for this week tonight, I think I think this is the 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 can logic you did recently. Oh, did you do did you do study break study break? I don't know. Let me see the label. Uh, Let's see the label. I can't even see myself. No, I didn't do that. Oh, okay. Okay. It sounded like yours. Can logic. No, I had a can logic not long ago. I don't remember. And it was imperial. So this is imperial stout with lactose. Cacao nibs and peanuts. Peanuts? No, I definitely didn't have one with peanuts. Okay. But look, it's got cool little arcade. Uh, it's got a pinball machine. Oh, wow. Look at that. It's got the the Atari 2600 joystick. Like, uh, yeah, it's so pretty. So pretty. That's can, cool. can logic. That's totally 80s, <laughs> man. Well, while you're cracking that, I have a double dank shake. All right. Elvarado Street and Great Nation collab. Uh, it's a double IPA with terpenes and milk sugar. What's ter- well, Hold on. Let me put my glasses on. Terpenes. I don't know. 8.5%. What's your, what's your, uh, oh, I'm tipping in at 10%. Oh man, this guy beat me. <laughs> and it also says in the can with recaptured CO2. So is that like people breathing into the can? <laughs> <laughs> we only have our finest brewmasters breathe into the tanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Is this thing like. Wow, that is is like turp- turpentiny dankness. It it smells like turpentine. No way. It smells like it smells like pine resin. Mm. That's insane. <laughs> oh my god, I can't wait to taste it. Oh, it's kind of hazy too. I didn't expect that. Look at that. But but yeah, I try to avoid the hazy. But you can almost see the recaptured CO two in there. It's like a little nitro champagne bubbles or something. I think it was a guy burping. <laughs> I'm not even sure. Don't get our family started on burping. Bryce is just Ugh. like, he only burps when uh, his sister is near him and uh, only to annoy her. <laughs> and you know what's funny? And that's Mike. Yeah. They'll, they'll be Legoing and all of a sudden Michael just rip off some like ridiculous, like only for the movies Foley room burp. <laughs> you know, like you got to get the guy in the Foley room and it's like, and, and then Tim like just loses his mind, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, yeah. So, okay. We got our beers. Give me uh do you have a tasting note? Tasting note is um it, it, it had a, it had a very short lived head. I don't know if you can see that. Oh, yeah. And I'm drinking it out of. Oh, I like the I like the the bike. So one of one of Frank's Frank got a new set of uh, just some typical. What are these? What kind of beer glass? Just like, like shakers, just shakers. And he, he and I had a beer over there and uh, I didn't finish it and I had to bring it home. <laughs> the wife with, you know, I was like, oh, I got to go cook dinner with the wife. And so I brought it home and then I washed it. And then I was on my way to podcast. And I was like, I'm just going to drink out of this again. There you go. Wash, wash it again. Communal, communal uh, glass, glassware with, with the neighbors. I don't know what this flavor I'm tasting. So I, I've, I think it's nectarine. Okay. Is what it is. It's like, I never had a nectarine IPA. And like when I eat a nectarine, that's like really ripe and juicy and good. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. When I drink a beer that tastes like nectarine, it's sour. Too much. Like it tastes spoiled. Oh, okay. So weird. I mean, it's, good but like i don't mean it's spoiled but i don't i don't know so i will give i will give you an interesting tasting about this it's called study break it's an imperial stout with lactose okay so you expect like a a creamy you know stout kind of mouthfeel right oh and (laughs) shows how in sync we are and uh (laughs) 
And it doesn't, it has an effervescence to it as if it were just like a sparkling, you know, a very sparkling, almost champagne bubble kind of uh, uh, banquet of beers. Like (laughs) it's more like it has the body of a high life. But it has the taste profiles of a, a ten dollar imperial stout. <laughs> yeah, no, I get you. So, like, the body is like is like light and bubbly. Yeah, it's flat, and then when I drink it, it's effervescent. You know, it's just slightly effervescent. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. That's amazing. That's kind of weird, actually. It's very strange. Very strange combination of a profile, a flavor profile that you don't expect. Good. We both have odd beers. <laughs> study break, study break. I would, I would highly recommend. I, you know, bottle, bottle good, logic. Good. You can't, I, you can't go wrong with bottle logic. I, or can, can logic, logic right, right. Can logic, yeah. can logic is <laughs> bottle logic on a budget, you know? <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. How's your week, man? So, oh, it's been a week, you know, the heat. Oh man, the heat, you guys, you know, people work. It's just like, ugh. You know, just just working and like trying to trying to work and just doing. I try to avoid work talk. (laughs) They call it work for a reason. And you just kind of slot. That's right. They don't call it fun. We have uh, back to work orders, I think. So we're going to be going back to work Tuesday through Thursday. Is that like in the office? You mean in the office? And I go when the kids are at school. So unless I'm unless Ann and I have like doctor's appointments to go to or something, uh, something during the day, then I'll drop the kids off and come home. So I end up going to work three or four times a week anyway. So it's not a big deal to me. I was like (laughs) and I basically said, as long as I can leave at like 240 to get the kids and then, you know, I'm getting the kids and bringing them home, checking on work probably taking somebody to some sporting of sporting activity in the afternoon there <laughs> we have like so many sports activities uh volleyball we have uh multiple martial arts Bryce is taking Krav Maga MMA and Muay Thai Krav Maga he's like an Israeli commando <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he yeah he loves his Krav Maga um and and more and yeah, so he's doing three d- types of mar- martial arts, two two classes a week in each of them. He's doing volleyball once a week, and then Audrey has her water polo. Um, you know, right now they they only have like two to three nights of uh, practice because it's not their season yet. Um, but still, it's a lot to coordinate and to run around. So your job, I mean, like my job, for example, I mean, I do direct services with kids at a high school, so I have to be there. You have to be there. Yeah. To do the uh, the direct services. But like, let's say, you know, I'm on campus and there's things that come up, you know, like maybe uh, whatever. A kid makes a threat. So I have to be there and stuff. Right. You know, so the report, you got to get a report going on. That. While the kids are on campus, it's best practice that I'm there just because. Makes sense. You know, like who knows what's going to happen sort of a thing. But when you think of it that way, though, outside of the hours of kids being there, your job seems like it's kind of like mine where it's like you're writing reports, answering emails, troubleshooting, troubleshooting vendors, problems. That's that's what I do. Troubleshooting and st- whatever it is. <laughs> but it's like a lot of behind the computer work that you could do anywhere. Right. Right. right? You don't have like for me, I need a face to face encounter with a kid for whether testing, counseling or threat assessments or, you know, you yeah. name it. Right. There's any number of reasons why I'm in front of a kid or a kid's in front of me. But once the end of the day bell rings, like I don't really need to be there. Right. But like for you, for example, they're mandating you go back in the office. Right. Is there like face to face reason why you need to be or is it more just a lack of trust that you're sitting at home not working? So they did a survey of all the people at at, at my office and 48 percent said they don't want to return to the office. <laughs> like, you know, so I, I get so it. It's about 50 percent. And, you know, pro- it's probably 50 percent if you take every, you know, if everybody just answered truthfully 50 50 right down the middle. And sure. And sure. I definitely think there's value in being in the office, but I just don't know. I just don't know mandating it. I don't know whether the mandating it is a thing. And, you know, if you're going to put everybody, it's like we initially at the beginning of COVID, everybody said, oh, we're going to save so much money and space because we're going to work in shifts and and like different services early on had like 
people would come in Tuesday, Thursday, other people do, you know, Monday, Thursday, Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, you know, they would do separate days so that if anybody caught COVID, then somebody on your team would be the other part of the two days and they, they wouldn't catch, oh, the I COVID. You, yeah. they wouldn't catch COVID from you. You know, because that was early on when they didn't know how and all that stuff. Well, and the funny thing is, I mean, when you think about it as 50-50, I mean, so what that tells me is half the people you work with that want to go in are married. <laughs> the half that want to stay home are single, <laughs> or, right? Or, or honeymooners, you know, right? Are still, still enjoying <laughs> <Right>. that. <laughs> or that, that's true, too. Yeah, you've been married, what, about seven? No, 20? 20 years. 20 years this this year. 20 years. Yeah. Oh, you totally want to go in. No, I'm kidding. You know, I'm there, kidding. There, there are benefits to working from home. You know, lunch, lunch hours. It's a long hour. You know, you got to get a lot done in that hour. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think there's value in going back to the office. Well, do you have a lot of like face to face connection with coworkers and stuff for like collaboration or not? Not really, because I'm I'm the only one in there. Um, I'm the only one in there a lot of days right now. <laughs> and it was me and one other guy. And we, and then when when like a dozen people showed up one random Tuesday, I went over and I was like, Scott, there's too many people on the floor. <laughs> it's like <laughs> crowd my space. Um, crowd my but space. yeah. So like the interns like coming in and hanging out because they're all new to it. And it's you know, it's it's hard to get a grasp on new work relationships when you're just meeting up on zooms yeah yeah i totally get that yeah so i think the newer you are to something the more benefits going in the office can offer you i mean personally i like being at the school i like seeing the kids you know i mean it's why i got into it and stuff right. and, and you have and you have school hours right like you do you keep school hours or yeah i mean you know i like i get there you know, mm-hmm. whatever, eight in the morning, I'm gone by four, you yeah. know, like I can't complain about my work schedule, like my hours, you know, and, and just working with the kids and, you know, the staff, I, you know, I have good rapport with everybody. And and they're, like this year, especially, though, I think on campus, like we're a couple of years out from the covid stuff or a year and a half, whatever it is. And. There's a positive vibe this year. Last year was like, I mean, from the students to the staff to the parents, like the whole thing was just this negative vibe. Like everybody was hating life last year. This year is a complete flip 180. We're all like you show up. People are smiling. The good mornings are flowing, (laughs) you know, and and it's just a different it's a different vibe this year. I mean, and I think educators And, you know, I mean, I don't know. This is how I feel about it. But I think educators, if you ask the majority of them, I think like a lot of people have a better feeling about this school year than last. Okay, You know, last year we're coming out of covid and it was the lockdowns and all the kids were like, I wanted to be at home, you know, and this year just feels like a standard back at it. Typical year. You know, I mean, I like everybody's like back on track with what school ought to be. And and from the top down, I think we all just feel it, you know. Right. In right, a, in right. a positive way. In a positive way. So I'm I'm excited about that. Well, I'll let you know when we have uh, more people back in the office. You know, like I, I enjoy being in the office, but I think it's because there's a skeleton crew there. <laughs> and like sometimes the people that I work directly with or well, they stop by my office and it's great. It's great when the people I work with stop by my office and we can just chat about something instead of like having to send emails, having to send Slack messages. And like when there's a certain level of, of effort that you have to put in that, you know, if you're just swinging by somebody's office and being like, hey, let's bounce this idea around. You know, it's much easier to do that in person. Very cool. One thing I want to talk about, though, is so me and Clarissa started planning for an around the world bike tour. Oh, wow. (laughs) Now, now to keep it from sounding like (laughs) pie in the sky, I do want to I do want to say that I already have done a bicycle tour from Seattle, Washington to Washington, D.C. Okay, I did that in 1998. So, I mean, you're talking 24 years ago. So, but I have that under my belt. uh, And I did two tours, one from Portland back to L.A. Mm -hmm. down the coast. And I did from Vancouver, B.C., you know, Canada. Okay. To uh, back here to Lompoc. So that's some healthy riding there. Yeah. Two down the coast tours that were a mix of a couple of things. And then. 
then, um, like I said, from from Seattle to D.C. And I'm planning on getting into Leadville again this year. Well, I should say I'm planning on getting in. I'm planning on putting myself in the lottery to get into Leadville again this year. And if we don't, then what me and Clarissa are talking about is Frank Barber, the boys and me and Clarissa all driving up to yeah. uh, Kim and Tammy's up on Whidbey Island. Okay. Like around 4th of July or something. They dropping us off. And then Frank Barber and the boys mm-hmm. go back to L.A. and Frank and Barber can have them for a few weeks. Oh, wow. And me and Clarissa ride our bikes back. And uh, yeah, yeah. So we were thinking about doing that. And then um, as like kind of a precursor, getting bikes and all this stuff. And when we're talking about doing this trip, now keep in <laughs> mind, we have seven and nine year olds. We're not doing this anytime soon. So we're talking probably 10-ish, 11 years when the boys are like off in college or whatever not not the not the not the washington down to lompoc trip no that'll be next summer if we do that right but the round the world kind of different touring that's empty nesters yeah that will be empty a hundred percent empty nester type thing and so we've been watching some youtube stuff look we're, we're like you know what are we gonna do in retirement you know and it's like and, and, and so you do that Anna and i are like looking at this nine month cruise that visits every continent and i'm like hmm that's interesting (laughs) if we don't if we don't buy a house we can do this (laughs) we just watched a cruise to the north pole and we were like oh Uh north pole Uh cruise okay so you know we're on youtube just knocking around like crazy trips and stuff and we're like okay right 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 so uh they don't give any details so we're like well let's just check it out so Uh i type in like to duck duck go i say north pole cruise well there's (laughs) any one any number of them that want to take your money for 35 grand a person oh god i'm like seventy thousand dollars baby do you want to go to north pole (laughs) you know our friend wheezy the our podcast friend she just she just went to the south she just went to antarctica she went on an antarctic cruise so yeah, so that that's that was peak. Oh, that was wow. peaking our interest, and that was yeah. like started started uh, serving serving up our nine nine month uh, all every continent cruise. So Ted, do we have free will? Because when you talk to your friends and they're like, "I'm going to Antarctica," maybe we should go too, you know? Or I'm watching yeah. a YouTube video of this icebreaker cruise ship, you know, and and they're talking about how amazing like. The best peanut butter I ever had in my life. I'm like, for thirty five thousand dollars, it better goddamn well be the best peanut butter. <laughs> it's like my steak last that we were talking about last week. <laughs> How would you do around the world uh, biking though? Would you just do legs and just do fly different parts? And I've loosely and and when I say loosely, I mean very loosely okay. thought about this for like the past decade. Because it's something I've always like it's always been like gnawing at me bucket list. Well, you know, when I did the trip in 1998 from Seattle to D.C. Yeah. You know, when you're in that mode, you're like, I'm just going to keep going. Like, I'm not stopping. In 98, I was in D.C. You should have you should have come and seen me. Well, I didn't know. you. sadly. <laughs> could have saw a historic house but yeah but no you know like you just want to keep going you know and then i go back to work and then next thing you know one thing leads to another i'm like this job sucks i'm moving to california and that wow that trip was like literally the impetus that got me to move to california (laughs) yeah 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 so that's a whole other that that's a whole other podcast episode maybe we should do like a get to know ted and a get to know jim podcast you know and the funny thing is like (laughs) anyone who listens like i already know you guys shut the hell up and just keep doing your thing you know but but no so we you know what we would do i think is we would leave lompoc by bike you know we would just leave home mm-hmm. and we would ride over to the east coast and we're talking about getting on some sort of like a tanker ship okay or something some ocean going vessel right right a non-cruise ship right Baltimore. so it would be like a tanker out of i don't know like 
Baltimore. Yeah, I guess so. Baltimore to Belgium, Baltimore to Brussels. Yeah. Or we were thinking something like, yeah, that or we were thinking like Baltimore into like uh, Liverpool or. Oh, OK. OK. Something like it doesn't matter. Right. We would just find something to get us close. We would get off. We would ride to where we need to go and take another boat ride if we had to. And then um, in Europe, we would go across Europe. What I would like to do is get into England somewhere, get over to Normandy, and then follow World War Two, uh, historic so cool. World War Two, <laughs> oh, into Berlin, right? And then from Berlin, probably drop south. So where where oh, everybody yeah. crosses yeah. is Istanbul, the Isthmus, right? Yeah. So they kind of cross through that that part of the world through is- the Isthmus there through Istanbul. And then like as long as you stay north in Central Asia, like uh, you you tend to be right. okay from like terrorism right. and like the crazies the islamic crazies and stuff and that's not to say islamic people are crazy i'm just saying like the islamic crazies yeah yeah there's there's a yeah. there's <laughs> christian crazies i mean like we see we saw that on january 6th mm-hmm. but yeah like kazakhstan and you come around like uh, uh the black sea and all that kind of stuff and then you get through and then like just wow probably go through like the gobi desert in china and then get across like I would avoid well, Pakistan, okay. India, and things like that. You know, I would probably stay more north, north of Southern Asia, but south of Northern Asia, right? If that makes sense. Yeah. It, like I would stick in that area. Try, try to, yeah. You know, I would avoid like Russia and and all that, and I would have, yeah, I would have tried to, and I would avoid like the southern stuff, you know, like. So you do like Northern India across there maybe yeah and what i wouldn't mind doing is dropping south into you know vietnam cambodia yeah cambodia going through that area and then getting into like oh my god so if you're in there if you're in that southeast asia space and we have not if we haven't checked that off on our bucket list yet man anchor watt is on my bucket list so <laughs> if you're if you're doing that we'll, we will fly there and we'll, okay, we'll meet coordinate you uh when you get close let us know and we'll just uh we'll, we'll, dr- we'll drop there. in <laughs> our kid our empty nest will be emptier sooner than yours so. <laughs> yes it will and i mean we're talking probably i mean i don't know like one and yeah. a half two years and then we're like rent the house yeah, that'll yeah, yeah. pay for our you know like we can keep our nest egg at check like we can rent the house like long term and that'll pay for everything and you know right like right well that's that's exactly what i was thinking when we were talking about this nine month cruise we're just like you know no totally like let your house pay for the trip i mean like yeah don't be foolish like don't just lock it up and leave but yeah so this week audrey started her first driving lesson So a two hour, you know, you have to get on the roads, you have to drive around. And our insurance said, oh, no, if you have her on there, they were charging us an extra three grand just just because she turned 16. Not, you know, and I was like, wait, you don't have a thing. Yeah. So they're like, no, no, if you have her, unless you exclude her specifically from your statement. So I was like, all right, well, let's exclude her from the statement. Let's get this down and then we'll just shop. You get the 10% good student discount, $300 off your 3000. Oh, I was like, no, thanks. Exclude her right now. Well, it ended up that we found a, you know, State Farm is cheaper than AAA and they're cheaper by two grand. And there's this thing called a permissive driver. As long as you give somebody permission to drive your vehicle, they're okay. They can drive. So if your child has a permit, which means they're not going to be driving without you in the car <laughs> illegally, right? Like she has to be with one of us to to learn how to drive. That's covered. If she has an accident while she's on the learner's permit, then we have to have her named on the policy and stuff like that. But but until then, until she gets her actual driver's license number, she's allowed to just drive by permission, you know? And, and I'm like, this sounds logical. And every other company other than AAA was doing that. So we ended up saving two grand just by switching and two grand. Like that's like real money. Right. Two grand, two grand. So for my, my first thought was like, ah, I'm saving two grand. And I was like, how many years have I been with AAA? <laughs> so, 
I don't know. So I think I think we're we're doing well. Yeah. So it's fine. We we did it. Oh, wow. We're gonna, we're gonna get a little money back. They from owe AAA you. And and I yeah. said that, that's the money we're using for this weekend getaway here. This week weekend weekend in San Francisco. And she goes, and and was like, we're not. Yeah, we're not going to spend two grand. I was like, you know, we we will come close. <laughs> I think you, <laughs> dude. Isn't that like dinner at one of Ann's restaurants? <laughs> All right, man, let's look at Confess Fletch, first trailer of the night. I know. Can you believe this? This is amazing. It's Fletch. I mean, Chevy Chase is still alive, but but we have John Hamm reviving a role that, you know, is ever connected to Chevy Chase. Right. And I, you know, I was thinking about that and I'm like, okay, so he's still trying to play off like the, the, the con artist, uh, conniver guy, whatever. And they're all kind of buying in, but they're not. And like, they kind of give the nod in the trailer. Like he's not quite the dude we think he is. <laughs> Do you, did you like the Fletch movies back in the day? The old Chevy Chase ones? Lo- oh my God. I loved them. They're, they're, they're kind of, they're very guy centric kind of, you know, throwback. What would you say? Are they eight? They're early eighties, right? Like, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. You said Fletch movies is in plural. Yeah, isn't there a Fletch and Fletch Lips? Isn't there? Aren't there two? I thought I thought there was a sequel. You know what? I only remember Fletch. Oh, may, you know what? There probably is. I didn't know. I only watched the one that I well, uh, Un- unmemorable. <laughs> if there was a Fletch sequel, it was probably so bad. I for un- yeah, I forgot it. But no, I really think it was only the one I remember. There were there were three of them. <laughs> So 85, 85 was Fletch. Three of them. And then I was right. Four years later, they did a Fletch Lives. And then they did a reboot uh, called Fletch One, W-O-N. Do we have a theme going tonight? Reboot? A little a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> no, I remember, though, Fletch. I wanted mm-hmm. to see Fletch really bad when it came out. And my mom was like, fine, I'll take you to the movies. Uh-huh. I was like 14, you know. So she takes me to the movies. We watch Fletch. She loved it. So she tells my dad, you know, like, you got to see. Because he didn't come. He didn't go with us. <laughs> so they're like, okay, well, you know. Fletch. Then the three of us went back and we watched it again. Uh, family bonding around Fletch. <laughs> That's awesome. Around Fletch. Yeah. So I have I have fond memories of Fletch. But yeah, I mean, I think that I like the tempo of the trailer. I enjoyed how the trailer identified like as it went through the various characters, it it, it identified all the character arcs like in the in the split screens. I think they did that well. You know, I mean, you know, you know, it had me when it kind of sold itself as like an art heist movie. So we're 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 all in on hard high hard highs. Oh yeah, yeah. Um yeah, so here's my big thing. The thing that I kept thinking about the whole time was I think John Hamm is a funny guy, but I don't know if he's this I'm suspicious. I'm I'm interested to see if he can pull off this type of humor. So when you look at at Fletch and Chevy Chase and you look at John Hamm and Chevy Chase as a comparison, like I think Chevy Chase has like, I don't know, facial expressions. Yeah. Chevy Chase and Bill Murray have have like a And Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. They have this level of of humor that they can stand there silently and exude and and elicit laughter from people. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you know? And I don't know whether John Hamm has that. Yes. So, okay, if you're going to put it that way, it's it's Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, Bill Murray and Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Yeah. And let, let's get let's get Martin Short in there, too, I think, you know, because I, I, I like Martin Short. <laughs> Short. <laughs> yeah, I like Martin Short, too. But Confess Fletch. I, I like the title, yeah. too, because it, it gives you the idea that Fletch, it's it, it's about time he got caught. And he needs to like confess to something. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm a fan. Where is this? So once it's out of the theater, where is it going to stream? Any idea? No, I think it said. Um, is it Universal or is it Paramount? I, I saw. I saw because I wanted to make sure it has that the exact 
font and typography of Fletch. So I knew it was connected, but I wanted to see how it was connected. So I looked it up and yeah, and it has like uh day and date streaming and it has some theatrical release. And I think it is, I think it is Paramount. It's either Paramount or Universal. And, and if it's Universal, I don't know what it's going to be on. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a watch. It's a watch for sure for me. But Fletch, Fletch itself, the movie Fletch was was iconic. It was, you know. Oh, I'm a fan. I'm, you know, I'm a fan. I never saw Fletch two or three. 80, 85 was an amazing year for movies. Let's just put it that way. Oh, I agree with yes, hundred percent. Yeah, I agree with you. But would you say though that you don't need to see Fletch two and three? You probably don't need to see any of them. But it would be beneficial if you were familiar with the first one. If you're a teenager and you watch Confess Fletch with your parents. Because your parents are going to be referencing, oh, this is talk. This is a reference to the original Fletch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right, 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 right. Okay, yeah, I got you. Oh my God, I remember X Y Z. Right? Yeah. All right. So reboot on Hulu. So I looked it up. I. I tend to not look things up because I always want to go into it fresh and be completely ignorant so you know I just sound like a moron but I looked it up and it looks like I couldn't quite tell fully but it looks like this is a real reboot well uh, I didn't look it up but it felt like it felt like it was a step right up I mean that's a show no step by step is the show Right. No, I looked up Step Right Up, that which is what this is supposed to be based off of, and there was an actual trailer. Oh, wait, I wonder if it was the trailer from the one that, like a fake trailer from the one that I'm actually watching, and I didn't even pay attention to the date. <laughs> All right, whatever. That's what I get for having a beer before the show. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I always I thought and I didn't do any research either, but I thought that it was um, what was the San Francisco one? The Full House. I thought it was like Fuller House, Full House and Fuller House because they did like the kids older. You know what I mean? I thought it was kind of like original cast and that kind of stuff. Oh, so it's it's a so you're thinking it's a play on that. Yes. Yeah. It's Hulu's it's Hulu's shot across the bow at Netflix for doing their reboot. And then, and yet, and yet, instead of having the Netflix executive, they have the Hulu executive, right? Who's like, I'm new to comedy. I'm a VP of, oh. of comedic, uh, series, you know, comedic series at, at Hulu. I thought that was that was kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, I I, I like the kind of weird sexual tension throughout it. <laughs> like, you know, she's her bra's stuck. The guy walks in. Well, I'm with you know, I have my partner. You know, and, and I'm, you know, I got me thinking, I'm like, okay, what do I do? I walk into somewhere. I don't know where it's like one of Clarissa's friends or something. <laughs> and like her bra's stuck. And she's like, I'm with my bra. And then boom, her boobs fall out or Anne, Right. <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, is this something normal? Is this something awkward? So yeah. So I don't know. Reboot. Is this something you're going to, I'm not going to watch this. Uh, well, you're not going to watch it cause you don't have Hulu. Okay. So I get who, you know what? Okay. Let, let's look at it through the lens like I have Hulu. Eh, okay, sure. I'll put in, I mean, if it's 22-minute episodes, there's 10 of them, no harm, no fall. I'll I'll crush out, you know, a few episodes a day and just get it done. <laughs> like, the, like you're going to the gym. <laughs> just like a workout, workout. Well, here's here's the I thing. It has like, uh, it has Rachel Bloom, Rachel Bloom, who was the um, uh, she was the creator of Ex-Girlfriend, which I thought was a, just an amazingly incredible TV show. She's in this. And then Caleb Worthy. Like, I worked with Caleb Worthy. We sold soap together in the valley. Come on. You know what I mean? He was interviewing uh, Robert Downey Jr. during our during our, our time together as, you know, XD correspondent and uh you know, doing all the Marvel stuff. So, so I love seeing him and stuff. And he was just deemed like the best person to do all of our Marvel stuff very early on. Yeah. So he did all like the Marvel stand up stuff as himself, as Callum Worthy from Austin Alley. And he was great. You know, he was just, he did, he did everything. He did red carpet stuff when we we're, we we're doing Iron Man three and all that stuff. So, so yeah. So just glad to see him still working still out there still doing stuff and then to see him and uh uh what was that jackass 
<laughs> Jackass is like hitting hitting his mom, like hitting his mom up and stuff. And it was just like it's it's just it, it was it. I thought the premise was very very nice and very like uh, fun. Well, and the funny thing about it though is it bring like it it's tying in prior things that people can connect to and relate to that brings in an audience who otherwise might not watch this but it's like oh yeah that was that jackass thing so you know like or whatever right cool so i'm gonna watch it i have hulu um and i'm watching more and more stuff on hulu now so i don't know if we want to transition into what you're watching so you you can you can go ahead well let's do that and i just want to say that we haven't had hulu for quite a while and we've been waiting for only murders in the building oh okay the vampires and maybe i don't know if it's coming back but maybe handmaid's tale and if it does we're gonna like pop onto hulu and binge all that stuff well you can definitely binge uh only murders in the building because that's done had a great had a great sophomore season i will say we 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 watched it finished it up oh you watched it okay so i feel like only murders in the building and and i know i've said this before on the show and apparently they're not listening but i felt like only murders in the building because it's a podcast that they're doing right the accompaniment yes and i feel like they should have after the first season published the podcast you know so like with steve martin martin short even though it's fiction and stuff like who cares it would have been fun and like that podcast they recorded like record a podcast and put it out there to accompany the show and i I thought that would have been amazing and they never did i looked for it you kind of do it in between the seasons it would be nice bridge bridge material just bridge content um so on hulu there's a new show called little demon and basically it follows this mother-daughter team that um, the daughter ends up finding out that she's the daughter of Satan. Little demon. <laughs> and uh, and that she has demonic powers. <laughs> she has demonic powers. And uh, and I was like, Anne, we should watch this together. And Anne's like, nope, not my cup of tea. So then I so then <laughs> Satan. It's a cartoon, though. It's a cartoon. And there's this chick who has demonic powers as in the baby of Satan. <laughs> it's animated. That's that's my that's my theme of what I've been watching. Um, so so uh, so I watch it. Uh, you know, she she bows out. And I say, all right, we'll watch uh, Lower Decks, which is also what we're watching. But but so then the next day at work, I turn on Little Demon because <laughs> you know, I'm all alone at work. And in the first episode, or maybe the second episode, to to get to the so the girl goes to see her father, the the devil, when when she figures it, when she finds out, oh, she has she gets her first period, and that's how she becomes demonic. Isn't that how all women become demonic? Like, so that's how her demonic powers show themselves. But um, bump. Oh, rimshot. The two guy pot. The two guy podcast. Good thing my wife doesn't listen. Good thing Anne doesn't listen. Um. So anyway, so she goes to the to the underworld, uh, some some other place, and the mother, <laughs> the mother has to like channel herself. She has to like do like a a ceremony where she cuts the head off a chicken to to get there. And <laughs> but but to do it, she also strips down completely naked. <laughs> so she's like. This cartoon character, cartoon character, completely naked, covered head to toe in tats, like tatted up, head to toe, completely naked, full frontal, and then sitting uh, crisscross applesauce, killing a chicken, you know, on a pentagram to to channel herself into the into the. <laughs> so this is not for children, is what you're telling me. Totally not for ma ma mature audiences only, please. Okay, so it's adult animation. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not the best animation I watched this week because the best animation I watched was Lower Decks. So Lower Decks is a series that's been on for three years on 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 Paramount Plus, and it is about Star Trek. It's all the California class ships. So all the California class ships are named after towns around Los Angeles and around Southern. Is there a Lompoc ship? Uh, not yet. I have not seen, but we have seen the USS Solvang. And and we actually the main ship is the SS Cerritos. 
So Cerritos Auto Square. What's <laughs> that song? That 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 tune? That jingle? Danish ship? The USS Solving? Yeah. Well, it's a brand new ship, Solving. And it gets destroyed in the first three minutes of the episode. So they have Abelskivers. What? How do you say that? Abelskivers. Donuts or something. That's what the donuts called. Abelskivers. Abelskivers. I don't know. I'm not Danish. You, but you go, but you live like two blocks from Solvang. You should know Abelskivers. Do you? Do you not watch California Gold? <laughs> so. Okay, we're down the street from Solving, and we've been to Copenhagen, but I don't know what the hell an Abelskiver is. Abelskivers. Abelskivers are donuts are from Solvang and from Holland that are sometimes stuffed with apple filling. So, but anyway, Abelskivers, that's what they're called. Okay, sure. <laughs> are you not a fan? Are you not a fan of, of, of California Gold? Hugh Hauser? Yeah, Hugh Hauser. No, I'm a to- he died, the poor guy. I know, but you can still watch his shows like PBS still has. I'm a fan of Hugh Hauser. I don't know about Abel Skeebers. Okay. Watch watch the Solvang Hugh Hauser, and you will see five different kind of Abel Skeebers. Okay, I'm going to watch it after this. <laughs> Anyway, so Lower Decks has three seasons of it. I, I watch. I, we kind of binged the first season. I watched two, two or three episodes. Is it solid? I mean, it is some of the best um, Star Trek that I've okay. seen in a very long time. And I and I have high praise for um, Strange New Worlds, which is the brand new, um, brand new one. Okay, so Lower Decks. I mean, are they? Do they have like the various red shirts and blue shirts and? They have every shirt available. People die on a regular basis on this. You know, they're on the bridge. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's 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 just really, really well done. Now, the captain is not Kirk or Pike or anything, is it? No, no. <laughs> but 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 ev- so the biggest Star Wars nerd fan wrote this show and Star Wars or Star Trek? I'm sorry. Star Trek. Okay, Star Trek. So the biggest, the, just, you just have to because I was just wrong. Had to ask. So the biggest Star Trek fan wrote the show because every single interaction references every other show. Oh, okay. Deep Space Nine, all of it. Deep Space Nine. They were like, oh, I, I did that when I was posted on Deep Space Nine. They were like, when we were on Deep Space Nine, and then, and then they talk about something. And basically, I've come to the terms now that the second season has come around. I will leave my my Wikipedia up and open to the to the fan page, the fandom page for Star Star Trek. <laughs> right, right. And I will just and I will just type type like auto check. I would just ch- you know just just instantly live fact check what they're talking about to get the context of what they're talking about. And it is it is the richest tapestry of 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 Star Trek fandom. It goes Voyager, <laughs> you know, Deep Space Nine. It, it's post-TNG. Written by a super fan, like you said, who has access to voice actors and good animation and somebody to... Per- and the license to do this for Star <laughs> And the license to do it, of course. But they don't have access to the actual actor course, so they said, screw it, let's do it animated. Well, first season, yes. Second season... Uh, Riker and Deanna Troy have uh, uh, an arc <laughs> and they basically have like a three episode arc where we're on Riker's Titan. He, when, when he took uh, control of Titan after leaving the Enterprise, he became the captain of Titan with his wife, Deanna Troy, as the counselor. And this is on Paramount? And it's on Paramount Plus. It's just so, it's so good. And it's so, it's so Star Trekky that, you know, like until Strange New Worlds, when you have Picard and when you had Discovery, Picard and Discovery were so wrapped, but they were so wrapped up in creating a new mythology that they kind of cast aside TOS. <laughs> so they even call it TOS. And then they said, why you keep calling it TOS, which means the original series in, in, in our world. Right. But in the world of the show, it has a different meaning. And they basically like VOY is that what they what the people call Voyager. Voy, they call it Voy instead of Voyager. <laughs> and they're like, why do you keep saying Voy? And it goes, because it's faster, because we, we, we can't waste all the syllables. <laughs> and it's like, and, and, they, and, and what does the guy has? The, there's, the last episode I saw, he had, a, he had a commemorative plate 
of one of the later captains of Starship of uh, a Voyager. And he was he was guesting he was coming in to as a, a diplomat onto their ship and he wanted to have him sign the plate. <laughs> and he, his, his friends are like, why do you have this commemorative plate of this captain of this other ship? And then he pulls out a whole container and he pulls out a case. He goes, I have I have signatures from all the captains from all the ships. And he pulls out all these plates that have like, you know, all the other shows and everything. And it's just like. And then they have the holodeck and they talk about the holodeck all the time. And they're like, I, I was in the, I was in the holodeck and I was oh, man, reliving, the yeah. you know, the, the enterprise, the first series or whatever like that. And they, they reference the show as, as if it was a real thing, but then they replay it in the holodeck as if it was a show, you know? So it's, it's, it's really amazingly self-referential. No, that's, that's cool. Right. I love that because it brings it's layered. It's so layered. You, it's so layered. Right. It's stuff the, the stuff you enjoy. Very cool. How about you? What have you been watching? Anything good? You know, this week was pretty light on the watching. Um, however, we decided to the, you know, based on Mike, he wanted to get into the Beatles get back. Okay. And so we finally decided it was time to give it like a go. Uh, we started, we got about like, I don't know, 30 minutes in the first go around. And, and I know we covered it. I don't even know on what episode. Go back. like We tried to watch it together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we got about 30 minutes in and we just petered out. So this time we got through and we're on the second episode. There's three parts. We, we're on the second part. It's very good. Um, I think when you have time to actually just sit and digest it and watch it, you know, for what it for what it's worth. Um, I don't know what I expected the first attempt, but when you put away your expectations of anything like and I hate to say it this way, but when you put away your expectations of anything good, it's actually good. Oh, I, I agree with that. And I think what really struck me with that is the there are two there are two things. It's really this great time capsule of the beginning of the end. Yes. And and it really shows the stress fractures that will eventually tear the Beatles apart. Right. I, you know, and I like the I like that 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 uh, description of it, that the way you describe how, yeah, stress fractures. I mean, it, it, they weren't apart yet, but you saw the the schism beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, we, you know, that and then again, you know, going back to what we were talking about, we were watching like a, people writing like a lot of YouTube stuff this week, you know, and and we were wa just watching people like, you know, like bike reviews and riding around the world and Clarissa is totally amped. And I'm like, you know, but it's going to rain <laughs> and there's going to be headwinds and it's going to be like there's going to be some horrible days. But you guys are going to be together doing it together. You know, and, and my feeling is like you're like if you're not on a timetable and the weather is that bad mm -hmm. and hopefully you're somewhere cool, but you get to somewhere cool and it's like just to hang out for a few days yeah. until the weather yeah. clears, you know, like you're not on a timetable. Like if you're looking at like, I don't know, a 600 day trip or more, it's one of those things yeah. where it's like, you It'll, know what, man, like the weather's shitty. Like we'll hang out until the weather's not shitty. It happens. It'll yeah. It, it This too shall pass and we can let it pass. <laughs> the other, the other thing I said too, was, you know, talking about it. Cause she, you know, I mean, it's a big undertaking. I mean, you ride your bike around the planet. Yeah. A huge, a huge logistical undertaking. 24 freaking thousand miles, you know? I mean, yeah, it's massive. And then how do you plan? How do you plan for the expenses on something like that? Well, that's what I was going to get to. So we wind up. I mean, when you think about it, it's not that it's not really that expensive. Right. But you don't know how you don't know how expensive it's going to be, I guess, is my my thing. Like if you're doing the cruise, if you're doing a nine month cruise, you know exactly how much money you're going to be spending on that cruise. 
Exactly, right? I could say with certainty the entire trip would be less than a nine-month cruise. So, but one of the things, though, is, like, if you're looking at, you know, like, renting our house, you know, like, we would rent it for, like, $3,000 a month. Assuming you have a 10% vacancy rate, which yeah. you get somebody to rent it, it's a nice house, 3000 a month, okay, I could guarantee you're not going around the world on a bicycle for more yeah. than 3000 a month. Plus, you have a bank account, you know, that I'm saving and building a nest egg and all that kind of stuff. So, I, you know, I would say even with a 10% vacancy rate or, or more, you know, well, okay, let's say 2000 a month. I mean, food and a hotel once in a while. Well, yeah, would you... Would you do tents? You do tent most of the time? Well, it depends. I mean, like, if you're just, like, going along, like, yeah, you're going to camp. But you're going to do hotels at times, you know, like, depending on where you're at in the world. I mean, you might want to have, like, you know, you might want to have uh, an easy night and take a shower and go out to dinner. And, you know, you might other nights might be hostels and other nights might be tents. I mean, it depends. It depends on where you are, what you're doing, you know, like when there's civilization. I'm going to take part in civilization, you know, and when there's not, you know, like in the United States, for example, I'm going through L.A. I'm going to be in L.A. When I'm in the middle of the Mojave Desert or somewhere in the middle of a cornfield of Nebraska, I'm going to find a small town and I'm going to camp. And if somebody invites me into their home, then maybe I'll take advantage of that, you know. But but yeah, I mean, it just depends. But I think if we rent our house and stuff, I mean, which I whatever, I don't care about. A lot of people are like, you would rent your house. I'm sure I'll put a lock on the bedroom door. I'll lock all my personal important papers and important stuff in there. Could they break in? Yeah, I guess so. You know, like, but at the end of the day, it's like, whatever. Like, if you're that worried about it, then you are living a life that maybe isn't, uh, that you think is more important than it ought to be. Anyway, so that's kind of what we were watching, a lot of that kind of stuff. And the kids, they wanted to watch Get Back instead of She Hulk. Have you not watched She Hulk? I don't think they're interested. Oh, that's very interesting. That's interesting that they're not interested. Yeah, because I I brought it up and they were just like, meh, let's watch. Uh, you know, <laughs> okay, they want to okay. keep doing Seinfeld. <laughs> we're not done with that yet. Oh, my God. And, you know, and we're doing I mean, we're watching other stuff that, you know, like, yeah, uh, just other serials that have been just continuing anyway, man. So you guys are leaving 5 a.m. I don't want to keep you too much longer. It's almost 1030 and you have. A Thank you. And has already and just texted me. So, yes, you're good. You're you're good on the timing. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. How did the strange how did the strange beer finish for you? Let's let's revisit because both of us had we both had a, we both had these these kind of odd beers. So as it went, it improved. It became less nectarine, nectarine ish, nectarine, whatever. But it became less and it it definitely became a better beer than it started. I think as it warmed. OK, cool. It improved. And uh, yeah, I would buy it again. I mean, double dank shake. The collab. So Alvarado Street and great. Uh, what is it? Great notion. So, yeah, it was it was very good. So how about you? How about you? I, I you know, unlike most times. This one held and it, it it had complexity at the top, as I said, you know, the mouthfeel doesn't match the taste and you know it's a it's a stout with this effervescence and and that held throughout. It held this light mouthfeel throughout, which was just very to the last sip. I just had the last sip right now. And it still was very light on the palate, light on the tongue, but it still has that lingering lactose stout feel, you know, on the back end. So I was like, how about the peanuts, though? Did you taste the peanuts? There's no peanuts. There's no no peanuts. It's just like the cacao nibs. The cacao nibs kind of overpowered any peanut taste. So it was just like if it didn't say peanuts, I wouldn't say it had peanuts in it at all. It, it's it's a cacao nib forward uh, imperial stout with this effervescent taste, uh, mouth mouthfeel. So I wonder 
I wonder, like, okay, do they need to put, like, a, a warning label on there to say, like... Oh, yeah, do they? Yeah, like, I'm, I'm allergic to peanuts. I, I I mean, I'm not, but I'm saying if somebody were, like, you know, like, if as a person, like, I'm allergic to peanuts, I need to know, is this beer going to kill me? Was it prepared in a place with peanuts? Remember the people that have... Look, it has peanuts on the label. That's about as that's about as peanutty as it has. It, but like you're going like, I mean, I wouldn't go buy a six pack of beer and think like this shit's going to kill me. I have to worry about peanut, my peanut allergy. All the people with peanut allergy are too young to drink still. So <laughs> no, maybe maybe millennials, maybe millennials have peanut allergies now. Is that it? Is it, is it like a new thing? Yeah. <laughs> You, you and I, we're Gen Xers. We don't, we don't have peanut allergies. Oh my god, I got a peanut allergy. <laughs> so yeah, that's right. We look at allergies. And we we give allergies the middle finger and drive on. We we're just like hay fever. Sure, I'll just you know have a runny nose and take some clar- Claritin. Hay fever. I'll deal with it and have another beer. That's right. All right, man. Well, hey, you have fun in. Uh, uh, San Francisco and, and with your food and wherever the hell you guys are going and I can't wait to hear and this this weekend I was like baby let's do something different we're gonna stay close to the Embarcadero so there so there you know you'll have you'll have some stories from the Embarcadero cool I can't wait to hear all so right we'll talk to you next week talk to you then. later bye next week join Jim and Ted as they disarm another Hollywood bomb or marketing masterpiece remember the holy trinity of podcasting subscribe like share special thanks to Jeremy Kent Jackson for the voiceover and Rogelio for the music